Welcome to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. Hello. And with us is John Van Berger. Hey, John. Hey. Hello again. (laughs) So what's up, man? How's things? Things are great. Yeah? I just got, yeah, I got back from the big uh, winter camping symposium a couple Uh, days ago, and yeah, I'm I'm just sort of I'm catching up from that. I'm I'm catching up on my sleep, and I, I think my liver is is uh, <laughs> self healing right now. <laughs> oh, was there some had, imbibing when you were down there? I, I had a few, uh, a little bit of uh, Irish coffee around the campfire when I was down there. So you know, my system's just kind of going like, oh, okay, well, welcome back to Wisconsin, and you know, <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, we. Derek, what did you do this weekend? I did uh, chores around the house, uh, putting stuff away. I got all the kayaks and canoes put away in in storage, and cleaned up the yard. And it was a sort of a maintenance weekend. I never would. I I didn't have any trips planned, so I just kind of thought it was time to get the yard ready for winter. Oh, so you started on the honeydew list? Honey, no, honey it was do my this, list. Do that. Oh, it was my list. It's your own honeydew list. Yes. Yeah. Because you're your best friend. Yes. <laughs> Gotta love yourself. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. I was on, I'm thinking, probably my last canoe trip of the season. Uh, went up to the Barren Canyon with a few people. It was just an overnighter. I uh, Let's see. There's a few new things about it. Uh, we, about the Barren Canyon? No, about the trip in general. Oh. I didn't <laughs> leave at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. Uh, I left. I was... I picked up uh, one of the guys at uh, 6.30 in the morning. So it's a four and a half hour drive up, five hours with stops. So I actually drove during daylight. Wow, that must have been weird for you. It was really weird. (laughs) Just didn't, it was just unnatural. Uh, Yeah, so we we did that. Um, But you get up there, like I say, four and a half, five with stops, coffee break and stuff like that. You get up to the Sand Lake Gate because... Barren Canyon is on the east side of Algonquin Park. So you have to go all the way. It's, it's a windy way. It's not really a direct route. Uh, but the Sand Lake Gate is where you get your permits and, and that sort of thing. And, uh, yeah, we got, our, we got our permits there. We were actually a half hour before the other group that was, was meeting up with us. When does that gate close for the winter? Uh, I think it's November. Yeah? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but, yeah, because... They, at some point, they stop issuing permits. Yeah. But I think you can still get backcountry Yeah, you can permits. still get in and backcountry, but you have to get them either at the east gate or the west gate. Yeah, and, and they don't do plow your traveling. The lo- yeah, they don't plow that road all the way up to, uh, to Grand like Lake or anything. Or, yeah, anywhere up that yeah. far. So you're doing a lot of walk. I mean, the road is there if you're, you know, snowshoeing with your yeah. sled yeah. behind you sort of stuff. So it's not like you're going through bush or anything, right? Yeah. Which is cool. And... Uh, yeah, so we launched at Squirrel Lake Rapids. Um, on the north side of it, there's a little parking lot. Mm-hmm. So you park there and then you launch. And there's only one portage between that parking lot and the canyon itself. And between the portage and the canyon, there's six or seven campsites. So you basically, you launch, yep. you paddle up a little bit, do your portage, 440 meter portage. Uh, then you paddle up to your campsite, set up camp, and then zip up and go see the canyon and everything. And I believe that's the, I did one on a solo trip 
the group of us all went in there is like Scott and is that where we went? Is no, that we was... actually went to the north of the canyon. We came oh. in through Brigham Chute. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Brigham Chute, there's uh the big waterfalls there. You basically start with a portage, a hundred and fifty meter portage down to the river. And then there's a uh, hundred and another hundred and fifty or something like that, and then another four twenty yeah. portage. There's three portages to get to the canyon from there. Now we knew there was gonna be rain. So we figured, you know what, I'm not doing three portages the second day in the pouring rain. Yeah. Slippery and that did sort of Did you get a lot of rain? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I Started saw pictures of people who did the uh, Mule Lake Halloween thing. Yeah. And they got soaked. Yeah. Mule Lake and, po- well, Pog Lake, too. Well, I, that's the one we've always seen. Tends to uh, turn into a giant lake. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yeah. Everybody's doing this their fall camping and drowning. This probably wouldn't be the point where I should talk about what beautiful weather we had over here, is it? <laughs> no, no, go ahead. <laughs> well, Do we it. had we when we went in on the Saturday, it was a really nice drive up, and a really mm-hmm. nice paddle in. There was no bad weather at all. It was it was beautiful, a beautiful day on Saturday. Yeah, and yeah, we went out, we saw the canyon, and um, now there you know, there's a couple waterfalls that fall down from the canyon, which yeah. we went over and checked those out and that sort of thing, and. Uh, uh, did a little bit of singing in the canyon because <laughs> it's so <laughs> echoey, right? Yeah. Singing, whatever you want to call it, screeching. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then, you know what? We, we, we visited that and then we went back to camp and sat around. We had dinner and sat around the fire chatting, joking, just enjoying the whole night. Knowing, you know, like I say, we're all knowing that this is pretty much the last camping canoe trip of the season. Uh, unless all of a sudden something else pops up, but you know, like yeah. all of a sudden November turns into like really hot summer type weather mm-hmm. then. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, I think this may be the last interior trip of the season. Um, mm. so yeah, 2 AM, uh, like I said, we, we all in our tents, went to bed 2 AM ish, 2 AM, 3 in the morning. It started raining and it didn't let up all day. Oh yeah. So I was, yeah, I went to bed at one thirty, and I just. My eyes were open at seven. <laughs> I was, ah, I'm up. Okay. I'm not, I, I tried to lay there. Yeah. So I just started slowly packing stuff up. Figured yeah, everybody else was going to get up soon. And yeah, nobody did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I was all packed. I uh, had breakfast. Uh, went for a walk. Uh, did some relaxing and all that. And, and finally, they were still in and bed. they were still in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so no, I, you know what? Hey, didn't have anything anywhere to be, you know, I yeah. mean, they're the ones, they, they got a six hour drive home. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but we, everybody got up and we packed up and did the little paddle out and yeah, it was, the rain had slowed down a bit by the time we were heading out. Oh, okay. So it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, it was more of a, a heavy mist. So, I mean, we were still wet by the time we got back to the vehicles and got the canoes on and all our gear stored away. And we all changed into, because you bring, if you know it's going to rain, you're bringing dry clothes to leave in the car, right? Yeah. So we all changed into that. And then we went uh, to Timmy's in Barry's Bay for a bite to eat. And then we headed on home. And uh, yeah, it was, you know what? It was a nice little, uh, nice little overnighter. Uh, yeah. Five hour drive each way mm-hmm. just for an overnighter. But you know what? You got to do it. It's yeah. it's about, I mean, you're chit-chatting and talking different stuff yeah. on, on the way up anyway. What time did you guys you know? get on the water on the Saturday? Uh, noon. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I saw the pictures from the trip, and uh, looks like you had fantastic weather, and the water was like like a mirror, oh, like glass. Yeah. In the evening there, when we went we went up the canyon, yeah, it was like glass. It mm-hmm. was beautiful, absolutely stunning. And then yeah, we're sitting there in the. The sun's going down, so we're getting a couple of shots of that, and just the way it lit everything up—the cliffs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool. It was a really yeah, nice. yeah. And then yeah, and then Sunday was just horrible. But what I like about this time of year is like right now, when once you start getting the rains and you start getting the winds, all the fall colors are gone because all yeah. the leaves are being blown yeah. off. Yeah, yep. the, the trees yep. in my backyard are, are bare now. It's like, whoa, all the leaves are gone. Yeah. It was really quick. So no one's, there's not a ton of people heading up that way. So when you're driving home, you don't have traffic. Yeah. You're just yeah. sailing all the way yes. home. Yes, it's a good time of year yeah. to be driving up north. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It was perfect. No so. cottage country traffic, no crazies on the road. None at all. None at all. Uh, so that was my weekend. Nice. Yeah. And nice. came back and... But some couple things done. Yeah, I've still got stuff to dry out and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. But that's and that's exactly the problem is you you can't just oh, I'll empty that later. I'll <laughs> put that away later. You're getting everything out and my water filter. Yeah, because I got the um, you have oh. the ceramic one or you have the filter one. Well, no, it's the two bags. Why am I? Oh yeah, the gravity filter. Yeah, the gravity filter. Uh, I was sitting there and I hung it up overnight on the tree, come out the next morning and the sap ran down onto the bag, oh, down no. the bag. So I got this big thing of trail of oh, sap on yeah. the bag. And it's like, <laughs> oh, I'll clean all that off before I put it away for the winter. Where's all your wet stuff? Where is it hanging? Everywhere. Uh, <laughs> laundry room, oh, okay. garage. Here's your tent and everything must be soaked. Yeah. Yeah. Garage. Well, the tent wasn't too bad because I put a tarp over it. Oh, okay, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I just got a little blue tarp. The thing is ancient now, so I don't trust it for the waterproofness mm-hmm. anymore. So I just put yeah. a little blue ten by ten tarp over top. Yeah. So that takes most of the water. Yeah. Um, just the the bottom or any moisture it soaks up through the yeah. bottom, sort of thing. That's the only thing I got to worry about. But yeah, that's just an easy throw it over the canoes in the garage, sort of thing. But my my life jacket was soaked and <laughs> my rain gear is hanging up because it's all soaked yeah. and whatnot and yeah it's all good yeah it's all good <laughs> now we're starting to get ready for winter mm-hmm. uh speaking of winter john where did you go this weekend i was over in sturgeon lake minnesota uh, for the 21st annual winter camping symposium now we touched on this last week that you were going yeah and you had such a great time mm-hmm. that you said we needed to talk about what you actually did there <laughs> Yeah, it was it was pretty great. And um, I'm going to start it off right on the wrong foot. Okay. Oh, there was a story about a new dude. <laughs> <laughs> Something about people. Now Kevin Callan was there. You saw Kevin Callan. Yeah. There yeah, was a lot of there was a lot of big name people there. That's for yeah. sure. Uh, but Kevin Callan was there, and he's he's put up a little video, which we'll share. We'll we'll put a little note to share his video on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in it, somebody mentions. I guess they were doing the tent tours. Yeah. And I guess they were looking in one of the tents and there was somebody naked or something in there. Well, <laughs> okay. You're, you're partially right here. Okay. Oh, he was walking straight out. He was doing well, the tour nude. <laughs> no, no. Was, was. Definitely not walking straight out. <laughs> hey, everybody. So, so 
yeah, that was me that uh, <laughs> the, the guy in the video was talking about. That was that was a, a new friend. His name is John Owens. And I think he I think he was going to start to tell the story and then decided better of it. And so he didn't really, you know, go into any detail. But um, yeah, so <laughs> it wasn't on the tour of tents, thankfully. Um, I, I uh, had gone up and I, I stayed uh, over the night before the event started over at uh, Dwayne and Marl, uh, Dwayne and Margo Lodigs in, uh, where's it at? A little town, Solon Springs. And they're the, the people that um, run Snow Trekker, friends. And so um, we went over the next day and, and they brought my new tent and I picked it up there, you know. Right. And uh, right. so they set up their tents. And so it was, uh, you know, a couple tents that they were using. And uh, Takashi, who'd come over from Japan, had one. And they have this new little canoe tent. It's a, a cool little, um, like a, it's just like a, a canvas. It's like an old school canvas kind of pup tent almost. It's, uh, it's pretty neat. And uh, there was that. And then he's. I said, well, where should I set up? And he said, oh, just you know, set up down there. That's fine. So I, I set up and, and then, um, another person set up next to me. Well, so it was like a row of snow trekkers. So it, it kind of looked like the display row, you know, cause right. they had their truck out there and stuff. And so I, if we're going to talk about hygiene and camping again and such, uh, <laughs> right before I went to do my presentation on Saturday, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm, probably kind of rank here and stuff so i'm just going to go into my tent and i'll i'll uh, wash up a bit and clean up a bit and then i'll go do my presentation and about the time i totally stripped down and and cleaning up i hear Dwayne talking to some people and he's showing them the different tents and he walks over and he reaches down and starts to unzip my tent and i'm like whoa whoa no wait um, so yeah, so I was the naked guy in the tent and, and the prospective customers who, you know, clearly would have never bought a snow trucker after seeing that. Um, yeah, uh, they, uh, thankfully he stopped and, and I had a little shred of dignity left. And, you know. See, that's when you need to put like a, ba uh, balaclava on and go running from the tent. Just make a beeline straight out Starker's. Yeah, yeah. Well, if I was in better shape and, and could run, you know, that probably would be pretty funny. He gets five feet out, trips and falls. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. There's yeah, a naked yeah, guy rolling around. Tent stake, you know, and end up in the emergency room again or something. <laughs> what happened? You don't want to know. Seriously. Yeah, truly don't want to know this one. <laughs> They're wheeling in some new dude. <laughs> on a gurney with a tent stake sticking out of somewhere it shouldn't be wearing a balaclava. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> we got to go we got to go winter camping cuz apparently something's going on. <laughs> like, well, you know, I had I, I took up a, a balaclava. Uh, Jan had made a a Wisconsin one for me and it's it's really nice and I I use it like for, you know, out in the cold or for sleeping at night and pull it down and everything and and it's Wisconsin, you know, uh, University of Wisconsin colors. So it's red and white. And, and uh, <laughs> I show it to Dwayne because I'm like, you know, it's really it's a really nice thing. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's a good color for you, too. I said, how's that? He says, well, red, it won't show all the blood. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Make just, it, making a, a name for myself out there. Apparently. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's John. Yeah. If you're, if you're looking for him, you can't find him. Yeah, check the emergency room. 
Yeah. Not no, only I'm my the... first responder, I'm also a customer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, okay, so if we get beyond the, the nakedness. Yeah, let's, yes. let's get beyond yeah, John's let's, nakedness. Let's get beyond that. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of people that want to get beyond that. Um, <laughs> the, um, the event was amazing. It was a it was a great event. They had about uh, 230 people camping. Wow! Uh, re- registered campers. Right. Uh, they had another probably 15 to 20 day trippers come through at various points, and uh, you know every kind of tent. There's one of the things that was so amazing about it was they had, you know, every sort of every manufacturer of a winter tent. Right. Uh, every and the homemade stuff was fascinating. You well, know, just they're... just the pictures I saw and the video and stuff like that from Kevin, like just did the, the styles and colors and yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's just not your regular old canvas square tent. I've got the right. Kevin Callan video playing right now on my laptop, and and I just see a, just people wandering around looking at tents, and everybody seems to have half the people seem to have a beer in their hand all the time. <laughs> <laughs> trick it's, trick it's or treat. It's a relaxed event, let's say that. Um, you know, nobody was like really out of control or anything. It was, but it's just a nice, you know, a, a relaxed event. And, and the video that you're seeing with that, with people walking around, that's the, that was the, you know, like the parade of tents. Okay. Yeah. The, the tour of tents, and and so you got to go see, and and that was uh, Dwayne was like the host on that, and so oh, he okay. was walking around. He'd ask people about, you know, what they've got, what they did, modifications. You know, uh, if it was somebody's like a complete build or something, right? Uh, you know, just the different things they did. So that was that was fascinating. That was really fascinating. Huh? Yeah, there's tons yeah. of different tents. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And then you know, so you got like, um, there was uh, one guy who had you know he had made his his teepee and everything. It was, it was pretty funny, and he says, you know, he says, before I started this project, he said I thought a thousand dollars for a for a uh, winter tent was was a little high he said and after working on this thing he says that's not high at all (laughs) (laughs) yeah when you start getting into it all the money or all the time and everything you put into it, all the time and effort to build one yeah Yeah. and so you can understand where the prices come from for manufacturers you start to understand why a manufacturer has to charge what they do charge yeah yeah and a lot of them aren't i mean you're not talking big big massive companies you're talking mom and pop shops yeah that are making these right right well even so you know snow tracker right which is kind of the the i suppose you know the they've been making these tents the longest they're you know probably have the the best market share and you know it's really it's Dwayne and margo mm-hmm. you know yeah it's the it's the two of them and they've been doing this and and uh so yeah, and and I, that was the thing about this that was pretty cool too. So you you've got people like that. You've got um, the uh, uh, Don Cavillas or Kev. I, I'm gonna screw up his name again, but um, <laughs> from Four Dog Stoves is there, and you know he's got these uh, these great titanium stoves. Yeah, and 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 I went over and I picked one up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know it's so light. And your your so wallet nice. screamed. Yes. Yeah. It's, well, you know, everybody out there said, you know, it's funny thing they were talking about, you know, the prices of winter stuff is is higher, right? Because it's it's got to be good stuff. It's got to oh, withstand, yeah. you know. And uh, the the expression that they were using out there is, you know, if you buy that, you'll cry only once. 
you know so yeah the first time I, yeah cry when you buy it and after that you'll be happy with it the rest of your life yeah yeah you know well i mean that's, that's what a lot of the stuff when you start getting more hardcore um yeah you're you're the bills for what you're buying go up and but it's it's made to last you know yep. once once you once you break that um barrier of gear that just gets you into it mm-hmm. and then you start upgrading that's right. when all the big money comes out and yeah, yeah that hurts <laughs> well you know and and you can go out and you say okay well you know if you go cold tenting right depending on where you live you can go out cold tenting with generally a lot of times with the three season tent, if you're, you know, if you're prep right, if you're using a tarp on top, if you're, you know, just just careful about, you know, snow amounts and stuff. Now, and I'm thinking more here, right, in the in the, the upper Midwest, and you know, when you start getting out to places where you get really heavy snow loads, you yeah. know, or lake effect snow or something, that's that's a different story. But, you know, so you 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 put some money into your bags, and the bags are expensive, and, and make sure you get a good pad or two, and but you know you can. At that point, you're you're pretty good outside of outside of your clothing. Yeah. But then when you start getting into hot tenting, right, it starts starts adding up a lot faster. Well, you get the stoves, and the size of the stoves go up. The the bills go up, and yep. Yeah. Yep. You want a bigger uh, tent to fit a few more people? <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. And and if you really want to be able to do backcountry camping with a with a hot tent, then then you ha- it even costs more because you're trying to get lighter. So you want to get the the lighter thinner canvas for the backcountry tents and the and the smaller and maybe the titanium stove something you can easily drag like my, I have a ten man bell tent I am not taking that into the backcountry that is no. a car camping tent that sucker yeah. weighs so much like I've gone with uh, a friend of our uh, Marcus Rubino he's got a five man bell tent and we got that on a sled into the backcountry and on and so that was easy enough but. Uh, uh, this uh, I have to haul my ten man tent around on a dolly when I move it around. It's so big and so heavy. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not yeah. going in the backcountry. That's where you get somebody with a snow machine and a trailer. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Say, exactly. Meet us out yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be nice. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I'm on the hunt for a nice, a decent uh, backcountry canvas tent. Something that's uh, you know, like a white canvas that lets light in, but the bell tents—they—they're uh, just too dark. Even 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 at high noon on a bright sunny day, it's like pitch black inside, right? It's yeah. uh, it's just too dark. So you want something that's a little bit lighter, something you can wake up at dawn with, and yeah, it's uh. So I'm I'm looking for something. So in other words, when I come out to visit this time, I should leave my tent, my Absolutely. new tent. In the trunk and locked up. <laughs> oh no! Don't lock it. <laughs> well, you can lock it. We can pick it. <laughs> I got a fire axe. Yeah. <laughs> so what? What? Uh, what tent did you get? What model? I I end up getting the uh, Snow Trekker, a uh, nine by eleven and a half short wall. Okay. What I was looking for is something that was, you know, like what you were just talking about, uh, with something being light. And so the, the, you know, the base camp is, it's got a little bit more interior room, you know, with that same floor plan because the, those sides come up higher, Right. but the short wall, you drop, I want to say three to four pounds. And so I'm thinking, you know what, with everything else I'll be dragging behind me. Um, this is, you know, I think this is a, a, a great, um, this should be, this should be an ideal tent for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, mine's a 10 by 10 Esker. Mm-hmm. And again, short walls not doesn't have the big high walls or anything. Yep. yep. And 
I mean, if you go with two people, you have your somebody somebody hauls their gear plus the stove, yeah, and then somebody right. hauls the the tent and their gear. Yeah. So if yeah. you got two sleds, I mean, you're pretty good with that. And yeah. yeah, something like a ten by ten or you know twelve by twelve sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That's perfect size. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yep. Get that in yeah. the backcountry. Yeah. And so uh, yeah, so I uh, I'm super excited about. It. I've got plans already. I mean, it's. You know, when you go from cold tenting to hot tent, this is my first hot tent. So to go from cold tenting to hot tent, you know, it's, it feels like you're glamping almost. You know, yes, just, yeah. just the nature of it, right? It changes things. Dude, have you not yeah. seen my setup? I've seen your setup, The yeah. wood floor, the bunk beds, that <laughs> <laughs> fold into a couch, yeah. the big stove. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm full know, on just... glamping, buddy. <laughs> I just ordered those uh, those cots, by the way, those disco. Oh, the beds. disco beds. Oh, yeah. yeah, and uh, I was looking at a, a sales brochure today, and the the store that I ordered it from has them on sale for seventy dollars less. So that's like an automatic refund to me. Gotta like that. Oh man, I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> so so I'll have that out there. I would bring both of them out. So you know, maybe Derek go out camping with me or something. But again, I'm a little concerned he might. Try to run off with my tent. Leave your carcass. Take the tent. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. John fell through the ice, but I was I was lucky enough to to get the pulk and all of his gear. <laughs> so what else did they have going on there at the uh, Minnesota? Oh, they did a they had a, a lot of what was a, a lot of hands on stuff. So they had a lot of workshops. Right. And I think if I go next year, and and if anyone is listening to this and thinking about you know going next year. First of all, absolutely do it because it is it's a great event. It's one of the best I've been to in a long time. So so just go ahead and, and block out the date. Um, second, <laughs> um, spend some time in the workshops so that you know you can you can build a toboggan. Uh, Chris Evavold from Black River Sleds was you know it w- was leading people in on this on I think it was Sunday morning. So you could you know build your own toboggan before you leave. Right. Um, there were snowshoe, you know, making uh, seminars, and a lot of people did that. That was really cool. And then, you know, they dip them there and everything. And, and when you take them home, they're they're ready to go. Oh, yeah. That that's in Kevin's video. He was talking yeah. uh, talking to the guy that was doing them, and they mm-hmm. kept showing them. And he's telling this. I guess there's a proper way to string your snowshoes, and this guy is constantly telling people wrong. Wrong, wrong, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> it was a bit funny there, but uh, yeah. the guy. I remember seeing one point. The guy's looking like, "Is it? This is it? This is it?" He goes, "Yeah, I know you did it backwards." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. And then yeah, later on they they show the uh, um, the workshop there where they had been varnished, I guess, dipped overnight. And he says, mm-hmm. "Yeah, they'll dry by tomorrow, and everybody can take them home and use them." Nice. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was really cool. And you're looking at them just beautiful. And, you know, the, the neat thing about it, I mean, because you can buy the kits, you can order the kits, but to oh, have yeah. somebody like that. And, and you could see like in that video in Kevin's video, you know, this guy really cares about this. Right. He stayed there with them. A lot of them got up. I know that like John got up really early the next morning, went back, continued working on it. Right. And, um, you know, so, yeah, it was really um, those kinds of things. I think next year I'll definitely do. Right. Um, there's some that I won't, you know, like the sharp object ones, 
the sharp uh, object ones? <laughs> like carving? <laughs> yeah, carving like, or making an antler handle what, knife. What would you be know? the concern there, John? Oh, I don't know. I just... <laughs> you were wearing your red gloves, right? So nothing showed? <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah. But uh, no, I mean, they had they had these... So they had these great hands-on workshops, which was, was cool. Um, they had um, pr- regular presentations, kind of, that you would go to at a symposium. So... I was I did the oh shit kit presentation there and, and okay. that was great fun and had a you know had basically with the configuration of the room that they had set up we filled the room and um, really fun audience and some great questions and um, it was you know that kind of thing and so you you spend your time going I went to I didn't get a lot of time because I was you know I was working on my presentation stuff and I, I wanted to make sure it was you know it was good for people. But I got I got to two of them, and one was Hot Tenting 101, and so one of the organizers, Ryan Fox, got up and spoke for roughly like a half an hour about here's some basics of hot tenting, you know. Right. And then the next half hour was questions from the audience, and there were a lot of great questions, and so people are talking about stuff, and you're hearing about materials, and and you know all of these things kind of make you start thinking more and more about what you're doing and what you, you know, what you want to do specifically, how, you know, how does, how do these materials, how could they help me on this project or on this trip or, you know, whatever it might be. And yeah. so it was, that was great. And then I got to go see one. It was in the basement. Like it was really cool. They, the guy walks in, I'm, I'm down there. We had an outdoor kind booth there. And so I'm, I'm down there and guy walks down, walks over to the corner and he takes the table that's there and he kind of turns it up on its side, puts down a, uh, a stove in front of it. And his presentation is on uh, stoves and uh, different kind of barriers that you can use. So between the stove and the floor, between the stove, you know, and the, and the tent walls. And the tent walls, right. Yep. And so a lot really on heat shields is what it came down to. And so... Uh, but it was fascinating. So, you know, he's sharing this and and it was really good information. It was uh, Chris Randall was the instructor's name. And then a guy in the audience is, you know, had mentioned a couple of things, too. It's like, oh, that's a good idea, you know, mm-hmm. and end up going over and talking to him later about his suggestions and, and you know, stuff that Chris had. And Chris had some really lightweight uh, ways to make heat shields, which I'm definitely going to do. And then this gentleman was saying, well, you know, look, if you really polish these shields, I mean, shine them up really good, you know, that that heat will, you know, you'll you'll be bouncing that back into into the tent. So you'll you'll save yeah. a lot of heat that way. Right. Tur- turns out that guy is from Marshfield, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> found, out, found out we live about a half a mile from each other. Really? Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was kind of a. Uh, a funny thing too but but yeah i mean so i didn't get to many of the of the courses or presentations but just those two things alone right this just those two alone will make will make my camping a lot better yeah this year and and next year well yeah and every little bit that you can take away and put towards your your knowledge is perfect right Mm -hmm. i mean that's the that's the big thing about these i mean yeah you can go learn to carve something or whatnot and uh you know make snowshoes and that'll help you out but especially, I mean, if the goal is to be efficient at winter camping, 
Right. Then, you know, you know, the big thing is keeping the heat, you know, the tent and making fires and, mm-hmm. you know, staying comfortable. You yeah. Know, that, and that's, the, the day before they start, you know, kind of to follow along that, too, even the day before sort of the winter camping starts, they've got a bushcraft day. Oh, okay. And okay. So I think next year I'm going to try to get there for that as well because um, just, you know, you never know what's going to happen out in the woods, right? Exactly. And so, you know, they had a day that basically focused on uh, making fires, you know, so, you know, from friction on up. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, so I think next year, I think it's going to be a little bit of a longer event for me. I, I think that uh, toboggan class on that Sunday morning, I think that that might be an interesting one to take, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, a, yeah. Uh, Dan Cook. Dan Cook. Cook sewing. Yeah. He was there talking tarps and stuff and shelters, was he not? He was. Dan, I've, I've uh, over at Midwest Mountaineering in Minneapolis at that show, I took one of Dan's seminars for that over there. And the guy's amazing. Like, you watch him, <laughs> you know, with the different knots and everything, and yeah. putting, every, putting the tarps up, and... It's just absolutely amazing, and, it, and it's to the point where you're like looking at, and it's almost like he's so good at it, and he's so smooth and so fast. It's almost like a magician doing sleight of hand. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah I watched part of it where he's just putting this the tire, the guy wires up, and he's like, "This is how you do it," and he you know brings it down, wraps it around a couple times, puts back to. You got to use a trucker hitch, and right. there you go, tighten it up. There you are. And then yeah. he's off moving to the next corner, and you're like, okay, wait, 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 wait. Hey, what wait. did you do there? <laughs> and that's what every, I Slow think down. when I saw him, too. Yeah, everybody was, it was just kind of like, wait a minute. And so everybody goes up, can you do that again? And everybody pulls out their phones yeah. and holds it up. Uh, yes. You know, so you could get that visual I need to play this of, back in slow-mo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's he's able to to do that so well, and it's it's – it's really fun to watch somebody that's that good at something, right? Yeah. And that's that's really the way it is with a lot of, of the people there because they're, you know, a lot of these people, um, there's, you know, probably 20 to 30% every year kind of uh, new coming into the event and, and, you know, newer to winter camping. But then you've got people that have been going there every year since it started. Yeah. And so these are people who are hardcore, you know, they They've been out doing these things for years and just the little things you'll pick up in a simple conversation. And uh, everybody is everybody's really open. There's nobody. I didn't meet a single person there that was, you know, kind of like, well, this is the way I do it or I'm, I'm, I don't want to get into that. Or everybody is with just, yeah, well, yeah, well, think about this or try this. And this is what I've done that works. And very you know, helpful. Yeah, very helpful. I mean, the. I, I was setting up my tent, and I just got it set up. This guy comes walking over, and he's asking about the tent. And this was this was this gentleman I mentioned earlier, John Owens. And turns out he's an he's an artist and a, a professor out of the Twin Cities. Okay. And we just started talking about this stuff, and he he enjoys winter camping, and and you know, I, the thing with him that was so cool is that was kind of the way the whole weekend went. Right. You would just start talking to somebody and then, well, then we run into each other over at the lodge and you start talking and, you know, and, and met a lot of really cool people. And John is, uh, he's doing this book. It's going to come out about this time next year. 
It is about a child's, it's a children's book. It's about a child's trip to the Boundary Waters. And it's completely illustrated without a single word in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it is just illustrations throughout the entire thing. And he showed me a couple of them at uh, when we were sitting in the main lodge one day. And it was like, wow, this is amazing. So I know that this time next year, I'll be definitely buying some uh, Christmas presents. <laughs> well, Derek could use one of those book for book club. Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Derek's book club. Tongue. I'd like to tell you what I read, but there's no words in it. <laughs> I could finish that book. I finished that book. Boom. Done. <laughs> yeah but uh met a lot of people and, and i think that was the other thing about the event that was so much fun like just a lot of really good people yeah yeah that and there was even there was even a derek uh derek oh. clone i guess you'd say up there or maybe evil twin i'm not sure evil well twin. yeah i because i'm the angel so it had to be the <laughs> evil twin <laughs> Boy, I set you up nice on that one, didn't I? <laughs> so, just, what what do you mean by he was a like a, my twin? So he looks a little bit like you. Oh, he's very rugged, good looks type thing, and <laughs> yeah. Oh, I yeah. think I just threw up in my mouth a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you both look like Robert Redford as Jeremiah Johnson, right? <laughs> um, but he he. He did look a little bit like you, and he had the, that same kind of uh, sense of humor that you yeah. do. And we were just, we were out talking. There was a Thursday night, there was a, a pulled pork barbecue dinner. Oh, okay. And, nice. And, and I, I, I do want to come back to that in a minute, too, because that was another highlight of the weekend. But uh, just talking to this guy, and, and he's really funny, and, you know, we're just kind of chatting a bit. And, and he says, wait a minute, are you John Van Berger? And I'm like, yeah, and I think, oh well, he, you know, he must have talked to somebody there, right? Like Snow Trekker or something, and you know, just pe different. You kind of knew about different people from different conversations, and oh, you need to meet this person or this. So that's what I'm thinking it is. And he says, I listened to you on the way up here. <laughs> okay. Said, I downloaded the the latest Paddling Adventures radio podcast. And nice. I was listening to it on the drive. Yeah. Told and, you I'd uh, make you famous. <laughs> <laughs> So he recognized well, actually... you from the podcast, did he? On site, What's that? he recognized you on site from the podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Gotta like that. So, how did he recognize you? Just your voice? Just, uh, either well, voice and just conversation about yeah. some of the things we're talking oh, okay. about. Okay, you know? cool. And uh, yeah, and so you know, we uh, hung out a bit as well. He and he and John, and I hung out a lot, and then his family came up. Uh, his wife Amy and their kids came up. Uh, couple days later and so um you know great family and again the whole family was very funny and uh really enjoyable to be around so we you know kind of hung out a lot cool yeah but it was that kind of thing like like everybody there was was so nice you know well we noticed that when we go to mew lake for mm -hmm. the, the like uh halloween or yeah uh, New Year's, Family Day weekend, everybody that's winter yep. camping, there's nobody that's going to turn you away. Everybody's willing to offer you, you know, uh, talk about their tents and their setups and give you any little bit of advice, answer any questions. It, it really seems to be a, a really close-knit community wherever you are. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is yeah. really nice. 
Yeah, because it is a really, it's a really small group, right? I mean, you keep yeah. whittling down. Okay, people that like the camp, people that like to paddle, people that like to, you know, and that that yeah. keeps whittling down as you get closer to winter yeah. camping. And, and certain, it's a very small group of people. Exactly, yeah. and certain personalities, certain type of people tend to be in these things. So it's like a lot of like-minded people. You you don't get you know the 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 typical type A personality jerks and whatever, right? Right. Not, you don't get any of the bullies. You just like just normal, calm, relaxed people who want to share what their knowledge is. Yep. Yeah. You get out there and enjoy the wilderness and the, yeah. the nature and you know <laughs> other than. Um, uh, just sitting at home and doing nothing over the winter. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. And they had a, every night they had a, a nice campfire going and, uh, Kevin, <laughs> it was funny. Kevin put me on the spot and said, John, I want you to build the campfire. Huh. And it, you know, that you're, you're talking about building a campfire in front of a, a group of bushcrafters who have just spent the whole day doing this, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, Oh, <laughs> pressure's on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blow torch, gas, ditto, ready to go. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, but the, you know, you, you just a lot of cool people. So you have these these campfires, and you just walk up and basically start talking to somebody, you know, yeah. and 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 the conversations were going just, I mean, amazing conversations about, you know, it starts out little things like trips and and uh, gear and those kinds of things, and then it just then it blows up from there, and right. And, it's great fun, you know. It was it was very interesting. I'll tell you the Kevin Callan piece in this too. It's very funny. So the every night they have a campfire and and Kevin Kevin gets up there and Kevin comes over to the campfire the first night. And it's really funny because the volume goes up when Kevin's there. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And it's, yes. And it's not just Kevin, right? But it's like <laughs> everybody around and you know, it's like it's real it was really funny because it was so noticeable. Um from, you know, pre Kevin and when Kevin's there. So and that was good fun. And, you know, uh, be able to sit around and talk to people and, and so many people that have so much experience. Yeah. It's, it's nice just to sit around when you get all those people together. Right. And just chit chat about everything and nothing. Yeah. You know, yeah. or just, yeah, you're just sitting there and listening to the conversations going on. Yep. So, uh, Michael Hedke from international falls, was the uh, the chef, the barbecue chef. And he came down, and so there was a, I think it was, I want to say it was the Thursday night where they had like a kind of a barbecue feed. And then Friday, I think it was Friday night, the following night, somewhere around 11 o'clock or so, people are talking to him. He's at the campfire, and he says, eh, I'm going to, probably fire the the grill up here in a little bit and, and uh, we'll get some pulled pork for people and I'm like mm? you know <laughs> I'm in <laughs> really <laughs> and so he he says we're going to wait till people you know just kind of a little bit more relaxed and and so around midnight he starts dishing out this pulled pork and the smell of this you know you're out and and it was it was kind of chilly that night and stuff and so the you got the wood fire going which is nice and then the smell of this pulled pork starts wafting out and it's like oh and it was you know i think it was the best pulled pork i've ever had oh yeah really yeah and 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 people are saying you know oh well you know it's always good when you're around a fire or it's always good after you've had a few beers and it's like all of that may be true this was phenomenal yes not yeah. this guy and, yeah 
and 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 he wasn't shy about like what he was putting on there too right so you've got the plate and the bun sitting there and he just takes this big scoop and drops it on you're like oh <laughs> 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 it's like i think i'm in love um, and uh he uh the line died down i kind of made my way back over for a second one and uh <clears throat> yeah yeah it was it was so good so you know all of these these little things that you know when you're there are just it's a fantastic event. So you're going to go again next year is what you're saying. Absolutely. And everybody else yeah. should come along too. I think so. Yeah. So the yeah. Minnesota winter camping winter, symposium. Winter camping symposium, yeah. yeah. And it will be about the same time next year. And uh, when they get whenever I see anything with dates or whatever, I'll I'll let uh, let you guys know we can put something up on, you know, online or a link to it or something. Yeah. You know the the board of this the the people that are running it. You know I mentioned Ryan Fox who was, you know gave that hot tenting 101 and and Matt Rasky who's another guy who really's been working hard on this event. Um, you know all of these people that, you know the board members that are and and it's kind of like you know you're going down through this list of who these people are and there's a lot of, you know, kind of heavy hitters in this industry and yeah oh and definitely. People, you know, um, so I mentioned Chris Evavold from, you know, Black River Sleds. He's on the board. Uh, Rhonda Reynolds, who I hadn't met. Well, actually, I guess she was at the that uh, educational uh, fundraiser I'd gone to the week before. Um, really nice person. Uh, turns out that she is an amazing camp chef. And I've been told that I have to go uh, tripping with her at some point because she's such a good cook. <laughs> nice. And... Uh, so she is also the host, and I'll, I'll mention this now, of, of a winter camping rendezvous. It is in northern Wisconsin. The I think it's this year it's like January 30th to February 1st or 2nd. Right. And um, I'll look up that those details later for sure and, and share those. But that is more of an informal, just a rendezvous. And so people will show up with their hot tents. I think it was negative 20 something last year at that time. Oh, wow. And, but people show up. She always takes the, the first year people, the newbies. Uh, she makes a big dinner for them, fights them over to her hot tent and, and, uh, feeds them a great dinner. So that, wow. I mean, yeah, that, that sounds pretty good to me too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the food. Yeah, that's right. That's right. The tents are great, but um. <laughs> so definitely we'll uh, we'll get information up there on our, our uh, Facebook page and everything, and uh, yeah, uh, put a couple of links to the one that happened this year, and we'll definitely keep it in mind for next year on what uh, what's going to happen and see how many people we can get to to go. Yeah, it's you know it's one of those things where you know I've been really lucky to go to a lot of cool events and stuff. Yes. Um, yeah. 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 This. This one is really special. Um, I, nice. I can't say that enough. Yeah. It's, it's well, especially really when you're winter camping with no snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it. I think it got down to 22 on the first night, and then after that, it was a little bit warmer. You know. Yeah. So yeah, it really wasn't that cold. Like either. Celsius. Uh, sorry, 22 Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah. So what's that would be? Uh, oh, that would be. Well, it's be below minus six, six, minus eight. No. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Cold. I can never do temperature. Kilometers, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Right? Easy, no problem. Temperature always throws me off. Yeah, there's some wonky 
thingy for it. Yeah. Yep. Alrighty. Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, let's yep. take a quick break here, and um, I wanted to. I, I go. We're actually. Well, might as well say we're got a new piece of recording equipment here that we're using for the first time. So. Just wanted to double check that everything's working. Yeah, make sure it actually recorded. Yeah, yeah, that we're not going to record <laughs> so this. It is, this is our time. trial period. Yeah. So everything you just said, yeah, say again. Yes, this <laughs> might not have recorded. Me too. Yeah. Oh, I got I got to hang a little sticker off of here. This light's not on. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a quick break here. We come back. Uh, we just got a couple other things to to talk about from our end of things. Hi, this is Dark Sprest. You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. If you like what you've been hearing, you can find out more by checking us out at PaddlingAdventuresRadio.com, as well as on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Google Play, and the episode page for our website, where all our podcasts are available for download or streaming. We love to hear from our listeners, so if you have a suggestion for the show or want to let us know how we're doing, please drop us a line. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. This portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka, and Halliburton. Welcome back. I uh, want to talk about participation. Do you remember that as a kid? I remember that. It was, uh, what were their names? It was... Uh, what was their names? Well, I know they had patches. It was all about physical fitness, but it was, right? Wasn't that their, the Dan and whatever? Let me... Uh, oh, that I don't remember. Uh, anyway, uh, the participation thing. I mean, as kids, you, you know, you'd go out and you'd do all these activities, exercises and whatnot. It, it rated your physical activity. And you could get these patches, uh, bronze, silver, or gold patches, which I still have stuck back in uh, a closet somewhere there. And, yeah, I remember that in elementary school. That was the big thing, trying to get the patches and you're having to go out and do all these exercises and basically, uh, you know, sports and keep physically fit. Um, Now, I guess, John, you guys didn't have that down in the States? No, it doesn't sound like anything, you know, specific like that. We did have the, you know, kind of the... One or two days in school was the presidential physical fitness, you know, awards kind of thing. And you would have to do, you know, X amount of, you know, chin ups or sit ups or push ups, that kind of thing. Right. But that doesn't sound like it was as involved as what yours is, what you're talking about. Well, this is just, the participation group is a nonprofit group that promotes healthy living and typical and uh, ranks children's fitness levels. So basically we back the 70s and 80s, they'd be, you know. Let's get those kids out there. Let's let them run around and make sure they're going to be healthy adults. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, oh, what, what do you got? It's Hal and Joanne participation. Oh, Hal, Hal, body break. Yeah, body break. Hal yeah. and Joanne. Yeah, they were the participation couple uh, from. Uh, yeah, but that was like more in the nineties, wasn't it? Two thousands. Yeah, they, they. I've seen them recently, but they don't do it as they don't do it anymore. But Hal Johnson and Joanne, something or other. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, well, they've now decided they're going to rate adults. Ah. And this thing just came oh. out this week, the participation report card on Canadian adults. Mm-hmm. Overall physical activity, 
the majority of adults in Canada? D. Yeah, I'm surprised we scored that high. <laughs> uh, new report gives Canadians over the age of 18 a D for overall physical activity, finding most spend far too much time sitting and not enough time getting heart pumping exercise. Which mm. is true. I mean, like everybody's absolutely majority of people sit in front of a computer screen all day. Yep. At work, yep. right? Or yep. yeah, I mean, you're 18 to 25 year olds. You're at school, or you're sitting in front of Call of Duty. Yeah. On the Xbox. <laughs> Spend all day on the computer. You can't wait to get home to catch up on Netflix. And yeah. <laughs> right. But, I mean, that's exactly it. You're working all day, and you're just like, you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to go home, and I don't feel like doing anything. So I'm just going to sit in front of the TV, grab a food, and, and whatnot. There's no exercise at all. Adults mm. get an F when it comes to moderate to vigorous activity, with the report finding just 16% of adults get the recommended 150 minutes each week. So apparently you're supposed to have 150 minutes a week of vigorous activity, being at walking, running, going to the gym, playing sports, getting chased down the street by a mugger. (laughs) 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 Whatever works. Yeah. That could be a business, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not going to mug you. We're just going to chase you down the street (laughs) so you think you're mugging. And then you go, participation, (laughs) as we make it to the safety zone. (laughs) I'm thinking we we could... We could make some money off of this somehow. (laughs) Somehow. There's there's money to be made. Uh, Many Canadians are busy with work and family obligations. And she says you need to find pockets of time throughout the week. Now, I mean, they get a lot of people got the Fitbit things. Oh, yes. And they do all their. I know some some people that just go nuts with it. They got to get their their steps in. Yes. Got to get my steps in. Got to get my steps in. And you can buy a device that puts the steps on your device or whatever like it either rocks your phone or rocks the Fitbit to put the walks in so if you can't get out and, and get out and do your walk or your run you can set it up on your desk and it'll do it for you put it in your 20,000 steps really? yes. <laughs> that's like buying a, a paint shaking can or something wow. and putting it on there and wow. <laughs> I kid you not you walked 15 miles no really I didn't my Fitbit went 15 miles I sat my my desk and ate potato chips <laughs> Wow. wow, that's something, man. <laughs> but, okay, one of the things she says, and the, I've been doing this for a year, I take the farthest parking spot from the door. Yeah. Right? So I've got to walk that distance to the door, and then at the end of the day, or every time I go out to yeah. see a client or something like that, I'm always walking that distance. Yeah. Right? And they say, I mean, even that little thing, the key is to make physical activity a key part of everyday routines. Uh, that's like they say, you get up, Every so like once an hour or whatever, and do a big walk around exactly. your shop or yeah. wherever you work yeah. if you can do that, right? Go for your, uh, go for a walk at lunch. Go for a walk when you get home after dinner, that sort of stuff. And that's what they're really promoting is the physical activity. Um, you know, it's it's been socially engineered out of our day-to-day lives. It has been. That we it? have to get back to it. Yeah. Can you do two 10 to 15 minute brisk walks. If you do, make sure that you have deodorant or face wipes or dry shampoo at your desk <laughs> at all times so that it doesn't become a barrier. And I just learned about dry that, shampoo. Yeah. That yeah. conversation about hygiene again, right? Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's that conversation about hygiene again. Yeah. Yeah, I never knew there was such a thing called dry shampoo. Yeah, I've heard it, but I've never seen it. I don't know how well, it works, but I've heard we it. Were, I was talking to a guy about beard stuff, and he goes, yeah, if you're going out, man, like, and you don't want to be, you know, 
washing your beard all the time. There's dry shampoo for it. What? Dry shampoo? That kind of defeats the purpose, doesn't it? <laughs> eh, who knows? My theory on this is, you know, so I don't offend anybody, you know, around me or anything. I just make Jan drive everywhere and have her drop me at the door. That way I never <laughs> really sweat. <laughs> <laughs> Tuck and roll, baby. Tuck and roll. That's right. <laughs> Adults who put in more than 7,500 steps per day likely meet the guidelines, but only 52% of adults who do this, say, says the report released this week, uh, about 29% get between 5,000 and 7,499 steps per day. So, yeah, the majority of people aren't even reaching that. Uh, with Those with fewer steps are considered sedentary and represent about 18% of adults. Now, these are just Canadian adults. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm. I know it, we 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 are becoming a very inactive society, and it, I suppose that's what uh, with with the way with Netflix and Crave TV and all these different things, everybody's getting in their shows and whatever. And it, I think it's a really good side benefit of a lot of the outdoor activities. And this podcast has done for me is it gets me out more. And, and you know, there's uh, there's always uh, somebody to meet up with, somebody to go paddle with, somebody to do something with, right? So there's it's uh, it's helping stuff like the activities that we do and the circles that we roll in it's uh it's a bit more of an active lifestyle and i i think that's what you need to get in your life is you need a you need to find some way of of maintaining an active lifestyle whether it's a it's a group you join up with or you know the paddle weekend thing or or whatever right yeah so instead of having like uh, you know you sit down and have Dungeon and Dragon tournaments or, or you, you know, you call the duty and it's like, you know, hey, call the duty, it's Thursday night. Da, da, you know what I mean? You, you got to pick yeah. something in your life that gets you out and do, does do something, right? And, and when you are out on a canoe trip, don't single carry. <laughs> you get those extra steps in by double carry on the portages. <laughs> That's my excuse. Yeah. I'm sticking to it. You can you can single carry, man. No, I'm trying to get my steps in. <laughs> I'll go back for the second load. Uh, they say on an average day we spend 3.6 hours seated or in reclined position in front of a screen, mm. which is like wow. Yeah. Physical inactivity can lead to increased risk of chronic diseases, which we know, cognitive decline, falls, and social isolation among other uh, older adults. This this sounds like you're describing me right now. I'm starting to get a little uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have Do you have dry shampoo anywhere? (laughs) You know, the good thing about working at home is the only you know. The only one that's going to get offended are my dogs. So, yeah. you know, <laughs> and they're wearing the same fur that they've been wearing since day one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they never change their clothes. No. Uh, staying active can be more difficult as an adult because there are fewer organized sports activities and increased fear of injuries. I don't know about that because there's an awful lot of um, things at the rec center and stuff like that for adult like volleyball and basketball and adult hockey pick up shinny that sort of stuff so i I don't know about that but uh soccer games and stuff so the report gave gave government a b minus for promoting physical activity but calls on all levels of government to ensure facilities and programs cater to adults as well as kids so apparently 
Derek, we need to be getting out more. <laughs> we do. I, I absolutely do have to get out more. Because, you know, we get here once a week and we just sit on our butts drinking beer and talking into a microphone in a <laughs> sit-down, reclined position in front of screens because <laughs> yeah. I got my computer screen. You got Welcome to the club, John. <laughs> so maybe maybe what we should do is then anytime you're going to record would be to go ahead and, you know, go out and take that walk in your neighborhood. You know, you guys go out and do a hour walk and um, I'll sit here, drink my Irish coffee and wait for you to get it back in. Get back. Or I wonder if we can maybe like set everything up in front of a couple of um, treadmills. And we can walk while we, <laughs> well, that's our five minutes. <laughs> I, we, See you next week. <laughs> at work, because we, we do spend a lot of time in front of the computer, we have uh, we have been researching, uh, you can get under desk ellipticals or treadmills yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So we've been yeah. looking at these things. And you can get a, uh, a small under desk elliptical for like 120 bucks. Well, and that's like the other thing is the desk tops that raise. Yes. So you can stand up instead of sitting all day. Yeah, I've got one of those. Right? Yeah, one of the yeah. guys in my office has got one of those things. So I just prefer to sit in my chair and wheel myself all over the place. <laughs> you know, that sort of stuff. <laughs> I, hooked up a, I hooked up a recumbent bicycle trainer um, and like a, a shelf where I put a laptop on it. And for a, for a while, I shouldn't say a long time, but for a while, I was working that way where I would, you know, I'd get on the trainer and just start pedaling and and start working but it just got to be uh, you know it was hard to focus i think you know yeah. when i was doing it but i did that for a while i probably probably should do that again he fell off his sedentary bike <laughs> <laughs> trip to the emergency room, well, emergency room. That activity. what were you doing i was on my stationary bike and fell off <laughs> Ooh, this is gonna be a long day <laughs> Oh, way to go. Well, so speaking of being active though, there's I was just reading more about uh, Hal Johnson and Joanne McLeod. So Hal he currently plays hockey three nights a week and about a hundred rounds of golf a year. He's sixty two. Show off. <laughs> well, does wait, hang on. Does he mention where? Like NHL 2020? <laughs> yes. Tiger Woods Golf? Yes, yes yeah? that's huh? true. Yeah. They, don't, yeah. they don't mention that, do they? <laughs> no. no. I see you through you, right through you, Mr. Hal Johnson. And they participated in the 2013 Amazing Race. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They they were our, they do all the... Um, Super active. Yeah. They do all the, the commercials and stuff like that. I remember mm-hmm. them being on there. Yeah. They were together for a while. I think they're they still s- married. Are they still married? Yeah. I think they split up. Uh, well, or maybe there were some problems, but they yeah. got over it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, alrighty. So everybody you know, that's listening, get out there and get participating. Get cracking. In some action. Do some sports. Do yes. some sit-ups. Do some whatevers. <laughs> John, get a heavier beer stein. <laughs> Work them guns, baby. Work them guns. That's all I'm saying. I'll do my best, man. All righty. Speaking of sports. Yes. Next year is the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Olympic Games are coming. Summer Olympics. Yep. Yeah. Summer Olympics. uh, The men's field hockey. uh, Who did they defeat? They won 
uh, in a shootout on the weekend, and they are in uh, men's field hockey in the uh, Summer Olympics. Canadian men's field hockey team. You watch Canadian men's field hockey? No, I heard about it. <laughs> I never actually you watched liar. it. Liar! <laughs> you liar! I actually didn't see it, but I, if I, you would have said, "Oh, men's uh, Canadian men's curling," you know, <laughs> yeah, well, okay, that's cool, buddy. <laughs> Canadian men's field. Hey, hockey. this is big. This is huge. I don't think they've ever made it into the Olympics before. I didn't even know there was a team. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. You often forget that your yeah. NHL team is even exists. Well, you know, that's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> what is that name of your team again? It is the New York Islanders. They are oh, the yeah, hottest yeah, yeah. team in the NHL at this particular moment. <laughs> Tomorrow <laughs> <Okay>. it may change. <laughs> hey, but at least I don't change my team. They've been my team for, I guess, almost 40 years now. Yeah? Yeah. They've oh, been yeah. around that long? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Almost, yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, so 2020 Tokyo Olympic, Olympic, I'm going to say Olympic. Olympic. I've changed it to an A, so just Olympic. so everybody knows. It's the Olympics? The new, it is the Oli- Olympic Games now. <laughs> the Kasai Canoe Slalom Center, a brand new center, used for the first time last weekend. For, oh, yeah? a, for a test event for the Olympics. World-class athletes gave uh, the venue their seal of approval. Numerous top paddles from around the world attended, aiming to get a feel for the course where they will compete for medals next summer. Uh, the facility was constructed by the Tokyo Metropolitan Government. It is the first man-made canoe slalom course in Japan, which is really cool that the they get together. Now, I mean, everybody wants the Olympics, yeah, you know, I mean, even Toronto here, they they did that big thing to get the Olympics, and um, the amount of stuff that you see that they build for the Olympics or big things like that, and then just go to waste afterwards. Yeah. So, this facility, located on the outskirts of Tokyo, two hundred meters in length, height difference of four and a half meters from start to finish, a warm up course, and a finishing pool, have seven thousand five hundred temporary seats during the games. The state-of-the-art course uses similar technology to the one built for Rio in 2016, which allows the volume and intensity of water to be easily adjusted. It will remain in use after the games for water sports and rafting will be open to the general public who will be able to enjoy the sport and leisure activities including canoeing and rafting. So they've built this really cool looking facility and it's nice that it'll actually be left there and used afterwards for the general public. Hmm. Perfectly integrated into its surroundings, the venue adjoins Kasai Rinke Park, which also or already boasts a Ferris wheel, barbecue areas, and is served by a water bus, making it the perfect choice for a family day out. Cool. So I mean that that's uh, around where my daughter goes to university. They when we had the Pan Am games. They made this massive sports uh, structure for gyms and weight rooms and swimming pools and archery. And same deal. They've left it open and uh, everybody goes there and uses it, which is really cool to to use. Uh, Perfect because they're not building an expensive facility for use over a two-week period. It's incorporated into their existing infrastructure for continued use. It's massive. It is. It's impressive. Isn't it? I'm looking really at pictures cool of looking. it now. It's yeah, it's amazing. 
So Clu- they just opened on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time. First time they used it. Yeah. Um, canoe slalom competitions consist of timed runs down course contained around 20 gates comprising two hanging poles through which athletes must maneuver their boats without touching them. Several of the gates are positioned upstream which require change in direction and demands considerable strength and skill to paddle against a swift current. The sport is consistently thrilling spectators with non-stop action on an unforgiving water. Yeah, because you sit there and watch and you're thinking like, wow, these guys got to zip around this way and then go back yeah. and across and whatnot. It's pretty cool to watch. So anyway, yeah, I came across that and you're like I said, I was talking about the participation thing and uh, saw this as well. So yeah, 2020 Tokyo Olympics. So all mm. these people afterwards will be able to go and get their exercises. Won't get steps, but they'll definitely get paddle strokes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what it's all about. Um... I you think know, that's about it, man. What else you got? Well, I was just looking at the at some of the facts regarding the, the Olympics. So apparently the, uh, and, and I don't know why I didn't know this, but uh, the first Winter Olympics separate from the Summer Olympics was held in 1994 at Little Hammer in Norway. And uh, before that, they were held the same time? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah they used yeah. to be held the same year, right? But yeah. then they decide, you know what, they're going to... divide them all. Divide, yeah. So, so you, it's you every... Two year, every two years, there's either a summer or winter. winter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I, I thought you knew that. I somehow missed that. John knew it. Maybe I didn't pay attention. I don't know. <laughs> That's just because I'm super old. <laughs> John's an old guy. All righty. Is that it? Anything else? No, but I'm still excited about the men's uh, field hockey team. Yeah, go field hockey, baby. <laughs> go field hockey. Canada all the way. Field hockey. <laughs> John, what do you got? Um, I have, let's see, I have a, an event in New Hampshire. Right. In uh, Conway, New Hampshire on Tuesday, November 12th at the public library. I will be uh, giving a presentation on the Yukon journey. And uh, what we did last summer, and what I'm hoping to do this next summer. I know what you so did last summer. So if anyone in New Hampshire, Vermont, Maine area is interested, go on over. If you mention Paddling Adventures Radio, you get in free. Ooh. Yeah. So does everybody else, so, but it's kind of <laughs> nice. <laughs> you get in extra free. And isn't there a yeah. giant outlet mall in North Conway? What's that? Giant outlet store, or like a yeah. this outlet yeah. mall in North Conway? Yeah, there's, you know, it's kind of a, that that area is kind of a strange area, you know, because it does have that kind of stuff. And then it's got, you know, these little shops. And, and I have a friend, Chris Krug, yeah. who's a, uh, has a, a bicycling uh, guide service out there. And, uh, you know, so you've got everything from this really individual hardcore stuff like what Chris does to these big outlet malls yeah. and you know um it's an interesting place but then you know you get out uh, out around there and that's beautiful I, I used to teach out in that area okay and so i'm i'm pretty excited i'm gonna uh, be able to see some old friends when you're i'm going up back. there so you're gonna be at the library talking yeah yep yep public library on tuesday november 12th in Conway. and uh yeah chris by the interesting guy hold, held for a while the world's speed record for <laughs> fastest human on the ice. Um, he's a, a kite uh, kite surfer, oh, racer, right? And yeah, yeah. was out on Lake Winnipesaukee, and I, I don't remember what you know what his speed was. It was crazy. Huh. And so uh, every winter 
he and um, his friends, he has basically a league that sets up and they, you know, they go out with the GPS units and everything and they time their runs. Huh. And yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty fascinating. He puts together these amazing videos. Uh, uh, he gets out there with some friends and yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. So cool. yeah, I might be able to hope and bump into a few of those folks again. And so it should be, should be a good time. Cool. Awesome. By the way, while we've been talking, literally while we've been talking, I've been getting disparaging texts from uh, Derek's evil twin, uh, Lee Hunter. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> yeah. Right now he's disparaging my taste in music. He's, he senses a disturbance in the forest as his That's twin right. is talking to you at the same time. <laughs> That's right. He's a disturbance I have not heard since. <laughs> I may have given him my phone number a little too early. <laughs> we got a probationary friendship here for a bit. Yes, yes. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well it was awesome having you on here john yeah thanks i didn't expect to be on here for a bit but that event was so cool i, I appreciate yeah, you guys yeah. letting me come on and talk about it so now we won't be able to have you on for six more months yeah <laughs> yeah thereabouts <laughs> and and okay so let's let's follow up here quick though because so you know i'm gonna go out i'm gonna be in maine then i'm gonna go over to new hampshire and do this and a day or two after that, I'm going to, I'll be entering Canada. And so, you know, if we want to get out and do some participation, <laughs> uh, and think about this, you know, you thought it was the last, your last paddling trip of the year. Yeah. What if you, you know, you guys could come meet me in the Gats. The Gats? Gatnos. Oh. Yeah. Is that where you're taking your tent? Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take the tent up there and. And I think go up there. I don't think I'm going to bring the kayak. I, I'm going back and forth on that, yeah. but I I don't think I will just because you have to do a like a boat inspection when you bring it across the border. Oh, okay. For invasive species and so you're yeah. just going to do some winter tenting up there with yeah, your hot yeah, tents. Mm-hmm. Yep. Do a little cool. bit of uh, camping and hiking and just kind of messing around. If you're lucky, we'll have snow. Well, you know, I'm really hoping so, but I, I think this is an opportunity for some participation, man. Yeah, especially in the hiking trails of the Gatineau. Yeah. yeah. I can stay at my brother's house. <laughs> oh, does he live up there? I Ottawa. Yeah. Oh, okay. I have a sister in Ottawa. So it's see? close. Yeah, see. Now you guys have no excuse. <laughs> yeah, we can always uh, come up with excuses on why not to get out. Yes. You know. <laughs> nice recovery. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, we we <laughs> had an issue with our new machine here, apparently. Sean's the way it formatches stuff, yeah. uh, I put uh, too small of a card in there and... Uh, and it filled up. Filled up faster than... <laughs> well, it wasn't... Should, yeah, if it was our old machine, we wouldn't uh, have filled yeah. up even close to as yeah. fast. But the way it records... You're recording multi-tracks Multi-tracks now. now. I need mm-hmm. a bigger, bigger card, so... Oops. Live and learn. Live and learn. It's all the growing pains because, you know, our multi-dollar industry here. It's because of all that wisdom you were spewing out there. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> all right. Well, we should let you go here, John. Thank you. We'll be touching base. Thank you for coming on again this week. Yeah, and appreciate uh, it. Yeah, we'll definitely be touching base soon. Got lots, yeah, lots of things good. to talk about. So, Cool. Uh, Derek, thanks for coming on tonight. Thanks for bringing Von Bugle beer. Yes, it was very good, wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't too bad. So it was uh, 
I just randomly picked up a bunch of different beers. At least I didn't get the non-alcoholic, kosher, gluten-free one this time. No, but I still got one as a <laughs> trophy piece yes. up there. Yeah, so this was a good beer. Yeah. Uh, if you want to find out more about us, you can find us at paddlingadventuresradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Player FM, and all your favorite podcast downloading sites. You can also go to the episode page at paddlingadventuresradio.com and stream live or, I guess, stream live? You can stream it. Yeah. yeah. Or um, listen to it and uh, download it to your phone and uh, listen to it at your leisure. 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 Leisure shoot, Larry. (laughs) 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 I want to thank everybody for listening this week. I'm Sean Rowley. And I'm Derek Specht. I'll see you next time. (laughs) 